Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Show. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios in downtown Rome, Georgia, on beautiful Broad Street on a crisp fall morning. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. I'm Carly Parker with the Rome Floyd Chamber. And this morning on our podcast, we have Mr. Joe Smith. He's been on our podcast before, and he is the city clerk. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Hope you all. You, are you are you busy down at the city clerk's office pretty much all the time, or is that a stupid yeah. question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it does stay busy, even though you know you have your peaks and valleys. Overall, it's a busy place, and, and that's a good thing. Well, I know specifically today, the chamber wanted to bring you in as their guest to discuss the upcoming elections. Um, and there's a little bit to talk about here. Uh, first and for- foremost... For those listening, it's a little bit unusual, you know, at least in my mind, but but apparently not at the municipal level, that it's happening in an odd year, you know, because yep. we, we get so used to the national cycles of, of statewide stuff being every four years on an even year. Sure. And mentioning that, 2024 will be a huge election. It'll be a national election, of course, presidential election. But uh, for cities in Georgia, municipal elections, uh, they are mandated to odd years. Uh it's good and bad, I guess. Uh, you know, we're kind of the the only game going on, and uh, the, the downside of that is we have a usually a lower voter turnout. Yeah, if it was if the municipal elections perhaps were tied to the national elections, you might get more people. But uh, sure. so we we do want to get those numbers up. Obviously, what what is the typical voter turnout here uh, uh, in Rome? Well, the most recent city election in twenty twenty one, the voter turnout was. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> of the 21,056 registered voters at that election two years ago, 2,697 folks voted. 12.8%. It is very important to go vote. It is. And that's uh, just, it's just unacceptable. I mean, it's a great way. If you want to complain, it's a great way to fix it. People, people forget that. Like, if, if you want something to be changed, this is your time to go vote it. Local commissioners, they're important. Yes. They're not, it's not the governor, it's not the president, but they control how your your uh, city taxes are spent. They control what type of businesses can go where through zoning and all kinds of important New decisions. New laws getting passed. Yep. Yeah. Affects your quality of life and your pocketbook. Right. Yes. <laughs> sure so it's very, very important for everyone to go vote. And has early voted started? Early voting has started. Uh, we have ample early voting opportunities, three weeks of early voting. That began uh, on the 16th and will extend through Friday, November 3rd. And October then, 16th through Friday, November 3rd. Okay. When is actual election day? The actual election day is Tuesday, November 7th. Okay. So early voting through November 3rd. Correct. And what time can you uh, go vote? Is During, like, what are the hours someone can go vote? During normal business hours, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., during that three-week period, you can vote at the Floyd County Election Office, which is on 12th Street, <clears throat> excuse me, 18 East 12th Street, which also houses the health department. Okay. The county election office moved from the county administration building to that location a couple of years ago, and uh, it's a good spot. Uh, I mean, it's easily accessible, great parking lot, no steps. And is <laughs> do you have to go to certain ones where you live? Or does it matter nope. where you go vote? Okay. Nope. Anyone in the city of Rome can go there to vote. And there's also alternate locations next week, October 23rd through the 27th, in addition to the health department site, you can also vote at the Rome Civic Center. Okay. Okay. 
The following week, you can also vote at the Anthony Center in Garden Lakes, Anthony Recreation Center. So you have three weeks of early voting, three different sites, at least part of that time. You also have two Saturdays that you can vote, Saturday the 21st, Saturday, October 28th, also Sunday, October 29th. All three of the weekend days will take place at the election office. So if you work if you work a Monday through Friday job and you can't get away to vote, you're the, there's a weekend day. There's, there's weekend options throughout sure, the three weeks. Sure are. And by some chance, you're going to be gone the whole time. There's also the absentee option that's always existed. Sure. So so the plenty of time, plenty of opportunity to get those numbers up. Um, sure. Okay. So what's interesting? We were we were chatting beforehand. So. There's a couple of things in the city proper. You've got the the council stuff going on, but countywide we've got splost going on. That's right. And then can you explain who gets to vote on which ones of those? <laughs> sure. We get lots of questions about that. Well, this would be a city only election for our city commissioners, but this year with the addition of the splost referendum, that also of course includes city voters, but also all of Floyd County. So. The important thing to remember, every person in the city of Rome can vote in this year's city commission election. Regardless of where you live, you can vote for uh, all six posts. Six of nine are up this year, and all city voters are eligible to vote. It's not. That means people that live in the city, city 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 limits. That's right. And another important point is that all city commissioners represent the entire city. Even though there's ward residency requirements, they don't represent just that ward. They represent the entire city. So that's interesting and an interesting little thing. So like when we think about, say, at the national level, House of Representatives, the congressperson yes. represents their district. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene represents this district in Washington. But at the city level, you're saying that really all these they're, – they're, they live in different wards so that there's an elected official from every ward. But collectively, they, they all represent the city. That is correct. They all represent the entire city uh, of Rome, regardless of where they live, uh, and that comparing it to a U.S. representative, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it was because kind of, it's kind of a flip flop of the coin. <laughs> exactly. um, okay, so what, what the, the six of the nine? Um, so, like you said, kind of doesn't really matter uh, what what wards they represent, right? Because everybody can vote. That's correct. And so it's not, you're not voting on this is, oh, this is my neighborhood. I'm, I'm Garden yeah. Lakes and I'm voting for this. You get to vote for all of them. Yes. And, and this is probably a good time to mention exactly how they're elected. Because we have six of nine commissioners running at this, this year's election, but these commissioners do not run for a specific post. County commissioners do. City commissioners, we have plurality voting. Okay. So, for example, this year in Ward 1, there's three seats. There's five candidates. No one is running head-to-head. There are all five running for just one of those three seats. So at the end of the day, on November 7th, the three candidates that receive the most votes are elected. Okay. So you can okay. fi- you can finish second in total voting but win a seat. Correct. Second or third. Uh, that uh, same principle holds t- true in Ward 3 where there's four candidates for three seats. I feel like I'm, I'm in fourth-grade social studies class again. <laughs> <laughs> Government can be complicated. <laughs> And I think that's why we get a lot of questions about yeah. it. And, uh, uh, of course, our elections are nonpartisan. So there's no primary. Everyone runs. No party is declared. You simply run for uh, your seat in the general election. So that's, that's good for a candidate because that certainly shrinks the campaign season. 
It's a yeah. short but intense campaign season of approximately 10 weeks from the time they say they want to be a candidate until Election Day. Well, and it also would eliminate any runoffs, right? Virtually impossible. Virtually impossible. You'd have to have your third and fourth place candidates tie. Okay, so there's a, there's a statistical possibility, but highly improbable. It's never happened, although we have had some very close races. Uh, I can recall a race that was decided by seven votes, so every vote counts. <laughs> so th- this, all this election execution of these elections, this falls under your, your office at, at the clerk's office? Well, we have our role in the election. We uh, qualify the candidates in my office. We also are the uh, office where ethics forms are submitted. All candidates in Georgia, including city commissioners, have to comply with the state ethics commission. And a couple of forms in particular that are submitted at our office at City Hall are the financial disclosure report and the various campaign contribution and expenditure reports. See, I, I can make a joke here about ethics and politicians, but I won't, so go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll touch on that, uh, that that campaign report just a minute. That's the one that's, that's most often looked at. And basically, a candidate's going to list every dollar they receive uh, through a contribution right. and every dollar they expend through an expenditure related to their campaign. Now, all contributions and expenditures of $101 or more are itemized. All those $100 or less are just combined collectively. So if if you contribute to your favorite candidate, you, you uh, contribute $100, your money is going to be on that report, but your name won't be. Mm-hmm. You give me $200, your name's going to be on there. Okay. okay? Uh, but, but going back to how the elections actually ran, we do that role in my office. But the heavy lifting, the actual conducting of the election, is done by the Floyd County Board of Elections and Registration. Okay, they're appointed by the Floyd County Commission. In fact, that whole board was revamped under a new state law, I believe, two years ago. They have a uh, election superintendent, Aiken Trudnack. She's the person who's the day-to-day chief and uh, will over- oversee our election. Well, okay, so this kind of gets to the thing again. Rome and Floyd are separate, but they work so much together. <laughs> it, it it can get confusing to outsiders looking in. It can get confusing to insiders who are part of it. Right. Specifically with elections, so the Floyd County Board executes the Rome City elections. Yes. Okay, because so there is no Rome City election board. There's, that is correct. Okay, so that's where that's where we share resources. Yes, it is. A, okay, it is. we have a contractual arrangement with them. Typically, in an odd year, our city election, the city taxpayers pay one hundred percent of the cost associated with the election. Now, this year, with it being a countywide referendum. The county residents will get part of that cost. So okay, right, because because of the SPLOS stuff being. You know, I, I did have a question. This is I'm just being a, a curious, nosy taxpayer here. Um, what is com- kind of the you talked about the the campaign reports, the financials? Uh, so that the candidate gets you know they they raising they're doing fundraising and then they're they're buying yard signs or they're buying radio advertising or whatever right. in city of Rome. Like, what is the kind of the average campaign fund that somebody might raise? It, it, you know, because those numbers come across your desk. What is right. it? Is it, you know, just ballpark for me? What are we talking yeah. about here? Because at, at the national level, you know, it's tens of millions of dollars. But well, good question. At, in some years, uh, and this year, there's more, I guess, buzz about this year's election. There's there's uh, contested races, so I think we're seeing a little more campaign contributions this year than we may. But they range anywhere from in 
let me preface that by saying that uh, a candidate turns in three reports. The first report has been turned in, and that was as of September 30th. Okay. The next one will be due near the end of this month and, a, and the final one at the end of the year. But on the September 30th report, uh, those campaign uh, revenues ranged from $3,000 to $17,000. Okay. So that's so, so 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 that's that's a lot of grassroots fundraising. That's ten bucks yeah. here. It's a hundred bucks there, maybe five hundred bucks, and a few of those. Yeah, we'll say a few that yeah. are, but but by and large, it's the small contributions. Yeah, it's a lot of them. And then I have a question because since before we get off onto the SPLOS and county, so anyone can come to you. Not now, but on an election year, they can come to you, and anyone can run for city commissioner, right? Okay. There are some some basic qualifications okay. set in the city charter. Uh, number one, be 21 or older. Mm-hmm. Number two, be a resident of the city for at least a year. Okay. Number three, be a registered voter in the ward, excuse me, be a registered voter in the city for at least 90 days prior to qualifying. Okay. And qualifying is set by the state, and it's usually the third week in August. Okay. Right? And then last, uh, be a resident of the ward you're going to run from for at least 90 days. So you have to be a resident of the city for at least a year, but in your specific ward for at least 90 days. And that's about it. Uh, the, the qualifying fee to run is 3% of the annual salary. Now, the annual salary for many years has been $8,400 a year. Mm-hmm. Works out to a pretty low hourly rate. But uh, they did. <laughs> well, the, it's about serving your community. <laughs> right. The, the city commission did vote to increase that, that salary to $12,000 per year, Effective January of twenty four. Okay. So that that three percent qualifying fee that just simply goes to help offset the cost of the election. And so in twenty twenty five, we'll have another city commission um, election or city council election, right? That is correct. Uh, and it will be the rest of the wards. Yes, the the, the third ward, which is Ward Two. Uh, it will run, those seats will be up in 2025 along with all seven school board members. Okay. So so how do y'all, I, y'all don't decide, but how do y'all decide, <laughs> <laughs> like why is it uh, just Ward 1 and Ward 3 for this election year versus in 2025 where it will be Ward 2 and then the uh, school election board? Right. <laughs> On the city commission, they – Decided years ago to have staggered terms, just okay. to provide some continuity. And that way, you won't have an entirely new board at any one time. You know, we uh, even though we're going to elect six seats this year, um, you still have three holdovers, right? Yeah, the most we could have would be three new ones. Yes, the most because all six incumbents are running, and then three challengers. Uh, but this is the way of providing continuity. Now, that does not apply to the school board. All seven run at one time; they do not have staggered terms. So you know, conceivably, you could have seven new school board members in two okay. years. What What is the term for city? Four years. So, so, so yeah, so the staggered is a four-year, four-year, four-year. So, okay. Yep. Uh, I, and that was it. I think I've gotten most of my questions for the city. Are you going to run? No. <laughs> no. I get, you know, well, you're we not because you're not 21 yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we get so many questions from the chamber side, so I just want to make sure that, you know, because we do get questions about, well, can anyone run in it? And I'm like, 
Yes, there are a few qualifications, but so I'll send them this podcast. So, so Joe, nobody's listening. Give us the give us the some of the down and dirty pol- political d- bad stories <laughs> about the infighting and the backstabbing <laughs> and the, the backdoor dealing. As the chamber, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you see, you're, you're you're you've got all the facts and figures here, but give me some of the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> they all really love each other. <laughs> uh, okay. Never a crossword. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least on the record. Um, so, um, okay, now Splost. Yes. So that brings the county into it. So people listening in the in the county, county people who vote, they'll only get to vote on that. That's only the only going to be, be the only thing on their ballot. They won't even see the the city elections. Okay, let's talk sure. about Splost. It's a um, hundred and ten million dollars. You said, and it's a six year thing. Yes. And explain. <laughs> Because we do get a lot of questions about SPLOS. What does it stand for? What does it use? Is it our tax dollars? And I think people get really, really confused that we SPLOS is a great thing for the community. Well, it is a great thing for the community in the sense that it's a great way to pay for things that have to be purchased somehow. Yes. Okay. Well, SPLOS has been around, and SPLOS stands for Special Purpose Local Option, Option Sales, Sales Tax. Tax. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> it is, it is one, one additional penny of sales tax. Uh, while we're talking about that, it's probably worth mentioning at this point, there's also a LOST, L-O-S-T, Local Option Sales Tax. That stays on year after year. And that extra penny is dedicated for one specific purpose, and that is to help offset property taxes. Okay, everyone heard that right. Okay. It is to offset property taxes you, with the loss. Yes, if you look at your tax bill for this year, which will be due mid-November, you'll see a rollback number. That rollback number represents how much your tax bill was reduced because of local option sales tax. Okay. So, that is great news for the residents in Floyd County. <laughs> and, and this year's tax bill is a little bit more complicated because the state of Georgia, the governor, and the General Assembly has chosen to pay part of our tax bills for us for those tax bills that are for homesteaded property. Okay, So it only applies to your home that you have homestead credit on. And the state is paying part of our tax bill this year. So that's a that's a big benefit because a lot of us saw our assessments go up this year. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the state is taking uh, a bite out of that for us. One year only, but uh, Hey, anything e- helps. Everything helps. Appreciate that. But going back to Splost, uh Splost has been around since I believe uh, the first one was in nineteen eighty six. Uh there hasn't been one continuously since then, but almost continuously. There's been numerous referendums, some of them two years in length, some of them five years in length. The one before us now is six years. Six years, okay. So the purpose is, it's a special purpose. It comes and goes over six years. The money that comes in is dedicated to specific things, and after six years, this tax goes away. Correct. And and, and those and, things are paid for. Yep. Typically, large capital items. Yep, okay. Yep. That, that the county itself would need... Like roads, roads, yep, water, water systems, landfill, yes, jail, um, a lot of different things. So SPLOS is very, very important and, to this community. Well, what's interesting is you know most most of the time you know I was talking about government here. Once a tax gets set up, it doesn't go away. <laughs> but <laughs> these are by design 
for specific projects and then they go away until the next boss comes along. That's right. So and and so how how do we determine the list of projects? We have a great system in place for that. The city and the county and Cave Spring appoint a citizens committee to hear all these requests that come in from citizens, from governments, and decide which ones are worthy of being on the referendum. Uh, Mr. Bob Berry served as chairman of that this year. And, and it takes months, doesn't it? They work on that for months, yes. It's a lot of work and uh, a lot of tough decisions to, to make in order to, to whittle it down to the items that are on the referendum. Uh, but it's a good process. I mean, it's, it's, the citizens are involved. These are not elected officials. And, and they've determined that the one that's being determined by the voters now, again, six years, $110 million dollars. I believe the biggest item on there is approximately $20 million for a new city police, police department. department yeah. uh, one of the smaller items on there is one that uh, actually I had asked for. It's money for the uh, rehabilitation of the city clock. Yeah. 150-year-old structure. There's some problems not with the tower but with the wooden clock. Uh, some significant issues there. So that just just two examples of, of each end of the spectrum. Okay, so when people go in to vote for Splost, this has all been predetermined. It's a yes or no vote. They're not they're not voting on the city clock part of it and the city, the police department part of it. It this is all or nothing. It is. It's yes or no. Because these committees everything has kind of been whittled down for you. That's right. You, you don't you don't get to it's not all like heart. You know, you're not at the buffet <laughs> picking what you want to approve and disapprove of. Yes. Can you also <laughs> explain how it takes it these projects would get funded either with the SPLOS or without the SPLOS, but it helps our community because it does not take away from our property taxes. Huge point. That's right. Uh, these, rather than paying for these very expensive projects with property tax, we're doing it with sales tax. Uh, sales tax is a great way to, to fund these projects, uh, even though the money is coming out of uh, local residents' pockets. A lot of it also comes out of visitors' pockets. Yes, so we can thank tourism for bringing in yes. people, and that helps pay for these projects as well. It does. When a visitor is here for a tennis tournament, for example, or riff or something, yeah, sure, yeah, they're spending money. They're 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 buying products. They're eating. They're buying gas. They're staying in hotels. They're generating sales tax, and they're generating hotel motel tax. Yes, and it's literally just a penny. It's just a penny on that tax, right? It is one percent. It is. Uh, one of those pennies we talked about lost. We talk about we talked about splost. Uh, one of the other is e lost education local option sales tax. A separate referendum. That referendum was on the ballot this spring and it was approved. City and county voters. So that that extra penny generates money that goes towards capital projects for the school system. One of which, which is a hot topic at the moment, is the Rome Middle School. Right. So does can we just take the word lost and put any letter in front of it that we want and, <laughs> and, and come up with? <laughs> Almost seems that way. <laughs> How about our lost and we're raising money for Roger? <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, I, I do like the fact that it's a tax that goes away. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, and you know, I'm getting off on politics here, but I'm a big believer that you tax consumption as opposed to production. But so I, I'm not a big fan of the income tax. Yep. I, I would rather we have a national sales tax and not an income tax because yep. I believe you tax consumption and not production, but that's never going to happen. But Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, because then it's, there's no way to hide, you know, it's like you said, uh, you know, visitors pay it and 
And uh, anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, okay, so wh- what else do people need to know? What else is on the list? There's a lot of there's a lot of quality of life stuff. There's some park stuff. There's there but there's also water lines and there's roads and so it's kind of a combination right. of things. There is uh, one of the it's not one of the larger items, but uh, for example, in the county, it's the extension of water lines to a section of Floyd County that has never had water service before. You think of Floyd County, you think well. Probably water everywhere, but there's not. Uh, That's actually pretty interesting. Yep, yep. Uh, one of the a quality of life issue is to connect Ridge Ferry Park Trail to Jackson Hill Trail. Okay. Okay. So we have these <laughs> great hiking and bike paths on Jackson Hill, and then we, of course we have Ridge Ferry Park. But to get from one to the other, you have to come up on Riverside Parkway. Figure out a way to cross Riverside Parkway. Uh, if this project goes forward there'll be uh, a connector trail that'll go under the road via the burwell creek duck work uh, so someone could conceivably hike or ride their bicycle without ever having to get up on riverside parkway okay well, yeah that's the, 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 yeah that's the beauty of our trail system is that you can really get it get around everywhere without having to cross traffic yep. um, but that's a that's a little spot in it that needs needs connectivity all right, what, what else is on there? And the referendum is, is somewhat vague. There are a lot of projects on here, and they are explained in detail in the city-county uh, agreement. But on the ballot, we go to vote. It's pretty general. For example, T-hanger construction at Richard B. Russell Airport. Uh, Floyd County police training. Money for, for some upgrade to the Floyd County police training. Floyd County jail improvements, Floyd County public capital works, uh, City of Rome enterprise corner sewer expansion, as we mentioned, the new police facility, new police radios, paving, city paving. Oh, and, wow, that, yeah. and that means like <laughs> so, widening roads, fixing yep, roads, like stuff that. like that. Potholes. Yep. When people are in there, when they see this on their ballot, they're not even seeing, or they see. They're not even seeing that list, are they? They're just seeing yes or no on splotched, or how how will it be phrased? You've yeah. got a. Uh, they, I have a sample ballot, and and it is. It's a fairly long yeah, one okay. paragraph that they'll see, and they can read if they choose before they make that determination, yes or no. Again, it's not dollars allocated for each project, and it's not details about each project. But, but it's just kind of the headline of each yeah, project, exactly. So, but but they can certainly can do research beforehand. I would imagine this stuff is online if they want to see the allocations or more specific details about whatever. Is there a, sure. is there, is there a city of Rome a way to check that out online? Well, if, if all else fails, they can call my office or come by and we'll be glad to share that intergovernmental agreement that lists each project <laughs> and the dollars allocated for each project. What, um, this process that creates the splost. So there's stuff that didn't make the cut. Yes. But a lot the, of stuff that doesn't yeah. make the cut. Yeah. So it doesn't make the cut, but that, that committee decides that, right? They kind of pick and choose. They do. And so, but in their mind, are they thinking we're going to set up a splash for $110 million? Let's see all we can get in or do these are the priorities and it happens to add up to $110 million. I think the latter of those two. I don't think yeah. they go in with a, with a, with with a, a pre- preconceived a, number. I think they, they look at everything and try to determine what's worthy and try to figure out a way to make that fit, whether it's four years or five years, or in this case, six years. And we know that the penny will, over six years, will cover this. Yes. Yeah. Um, Based on current 
income that in future projected income. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. everyone that resides in Floyd County will vote on this. So it's super yes. important to go vote for this. It is. Boy, you're just really rallying people to get to the voting booth, aren't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, like it's, even it's big. It's well, this it, look, poor like, voter turnout is bothering to me because I vote all the time. Well, <laughs> right, and so people might get confused. I know people get confused that like, oh, this is just a city election. I'm, I live in the county. I don't need to vote, but it is. It's still really important for anyone that resides in Floyd County to go vote, and you'll only be voting on the SPLOS project. If folks listening to this have one takeaway, it is the importance of going to vote, whether you're in favor or opposed to the SPLOS, and whichever city commissioners you like, it's very important for everyone to go vote. Yeah, and to your point, you can't really complain. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and again, this is a way for your voice to be heard. If what Joe said, if you are not for this, make, make sure your voice is heard. I mean... Do does the county need these projects? Absolutely. So we think it's very important just to go vote on this and try to get people there. Try to get people to understand, you know, where our money's going and how it helps and how we're going to make Floyd County better. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And and for example, if it does not pass, money's coming from somewhere because there needs to be a new police department. There, you know, it's it's uh, so. It's it's got to come from something, right? Correct. So that could be in the property taxes if it does not get passed. Yeah. And property taxes could go up, and a lot of people don't like that. There aren't very many revenue sources. Uh, the two big revenue sources for the city and the county are property taxes and sales tax. Yeah. If, if his money's not coming from sales tax. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's got to resort to somewhere. Um, right. Yeah, because, you know, like the, the police departments want to keep going to because, you know, <laughs> we need a new facility. Um, but anyway, uh, have we have we touched on everything? Or yeah, do I was we... going to ask Joe: Is there anything else that you, we get you get a lot of calls about that are super confusing for people that you want to try to make them understand that we have not touched on? Well, most of the questions that we get are, "Can I vote?" So it goes back to something we've touched on at least twice. But yes, everyone, everyone in the city, everyone in the county is, is eligible to vote and should be voting at this election. That's by far the biggest question. Now, there's other questions about, well, specifically, how are the city commissioners elected? And the plurality voting format is a little bit confusing since it's not a head-to-head race like, as we see in most elections. Uh, when folks go to the polls, they'll see on the ballot for Ward 1 and Ward 3, vote for no more than three. So you can vote for three candidates in Ward 1, three candidates in Ward 3, but you don't have to vote for three. You can vote for two or you can vote for one. So that is a little confusing, but uh, it's not mandatory that you vote for three, but you can vote for three. There's no more than three. What if you vote? What if somebody does vote for four? Is the ballot thrown out? I don't think the way it, it's set up, it'll allow you to, to, I got you. to put more than three X's. Yeah, okay. Um, but you don't have to vote for three if you did not want to. If no. you only wanted to put cast your vote for one city commissioner that you really love, you can do that. You can. I believe the ballot will prompt you and remind you you have not voted for three but it does not require that you do that what about but folks who aren't registered to vote yet have they missed the boat on this one they but, have okay they have october 10th was a deadline to register the vote in this election okay so they need to they need to get registered to vote so they can be right. active next time around right because 2024 will be an active year again national election there'll be primaries there'll be runoff 
from the primaries. There'll be the general election. So there'll be several opportunities to vote in 24. Well, this was very informative. Yeah, hopefully this helps. And again, I Joe said that you can call the city's office and he'll be able to talk anyone through it. Is yep. could he could someone call you and ask what I would be voting on if they're not sure if they're in the county or on the city? Like I live like technically right on that line. I know I'm county, but I think there's a lot of in the within the neighborhoods, you know, the county kind of it's not a complete Nice circle, it as people think. It, yeah, yeah. No, good point. Good point. Yes, in some parts of town, Garden Lakes, uh, some some areas of Horseshoe Creek Road, Burnett Ferry Road, uh, Chilio Hills. Yes, your your city county, city county. As you go down the road, so yeah, a, a lot of folks uh, may not know, especially if they're renters. If you own your property, you probably know, but if you're a renter, you may not know. And they can call you, and you sure. can help them out to figure out. Okay, yes, you do live in the city, so you'll be voting on. Sploss plus city commission, city council. I yep. keep saying city commission. Sorry, city council. Well, city, city commission. That's correct. That's what we. Okay. Go by. Our, our former government is technically a commission manager form of government. Okay. So, city commission. That's the correct term. Yeah, I think I keep saying council, but it's commission. Okay. Um, all right. Good. So, is there a website, contact information, phone numbers? What's the best way for people to learn more without without coming and knocking on your door? <laughs> Well, if someone uh, may want to see a sample ballot before they go vote, to, go. to give it some thought, to read it over, and those can be obtained uh, through the Floyd County Board of Election, Elections Registration Office, but it can also be accessed via their website. So I would go to the Floyd County website and, and just follow the link to the election office. Okay. And uh, Carly at the Chamber, contact information for you guys? Yeah, you can always go to our website at romga.com. Um, dot com and we will answer these questions i definitely will direct them to the city council uh city city council city <laughs> clerk with joe and mark that's in that office but we can try to help as m- much as we can we're not going to be able to the ones to figure out if you live in the city or county though for sure but simple election questions absolutely you can call us or go to our website and my email is kparker at romega.com Okay, and as a reminder, Election Day is Tuesday, November 7th, but there's all kinds of early voting opportunities going on right now. Absolutely. So get out and vote. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber Show here on Rome Business Radio. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios in downtown Rome on beautiful Broad Street. I'm Roger Manus. Thank you so much for listening.